0: It looks like we have him.
1: Hello, how's it <laughs> going, everybody? Um, this Welcome w- to the show, man. This is what we like to call uh, Knoxville traffic. I am uh, coming all the way from Johnson City, and um, well, I didn't drive from Johnson City, but I'm just not used to this Knoxville traffic. The big city is what we call it.
0: Uh, thank you, Mary Lou. Thank you, Marcia. Um, how's our how's our picture? Yeah. Are we you know? Can you guys see us? Okay. Um, Andy, you're
1: a little... How's it going? Okay. Well, there you go. go. There yeah, you go. This is good. Oh, that's perfect. This is good lighting, Ben. I like this. We got good yes, lighting here. This is great. Uh, and we got some good questions this week, man. Also, too, have you heard, I don't know if you've heard about this uh, no, book. No, I haven't. It's uh, brought to you by um, the Library of Congress. Um, <laughs> it's called Andy and the Beats, y'all. There you and go. And it is available to, uh, available to you in all of our uh, stores, actually, in all of our performance medicine stores. Uh, also available online on Amazon. Wow. <laughs> what a fascinating read. Um, y'all, you know, what's fascinating to me guys about,
0: uh, Andy and the beats is I am not mentioned one time in this book. And I have,
1: I've read the book, (laughs) I've read the book over and over again. I have, there is a dedication to Kelly. That's (laughs) true. Um, I'm writing a book about Ben too. It's called Ben doesn't have the beats, but, um, Ben's bicycles. That's what I'm going to call it.
0: Ben's bicycles.
1: Ben, Ben likes coffee.
0: I do like coffee. I think, Ben's uh, brews. uh, Lisa's already mentioned that, that she, she asked about my coffee habit and whether or not I had any or whether or not you needed some.
1: I always need coffee. To
0: get ready for the show.
1: Maybe a little bit of a brew. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you a tea drinker? Out of curiosity? <laughs> uh, um, no, no, not a tea okay, drinker. Okay. Well, let's just assume, okay. When have you ever seen me drink tea? I've have li- literally really never never, never, seen never. I'm not a tea drinker. I want to be. I'm kind of a want to be when it comes to that stuff because, yeah, I kind of overdo it with the coffee. It's a lot of caffeine. Though coffee is good for your liver. I don't know if everybody paid attention to the, uh, um, fatty liver that yeah. Dad talked about fatty liver a yep. couple of uh, weeks ago. I'm sorry, just getting phone calls. <laughs> and, right, we're taking in uh calls today. We're taking call calling questions as well. That would be cool. That would be cool. Like, welcome to the show. Here's a
0: calling question. I would love a calling question. Would any of you guys ask uh, a calling question? I'd love it. Um, Why don't we get to the show? Let's get to the show. Welcome. Let's get to it. Uh, We've got three questions that came in from the week. I'm going to go ahead and post those up here. Um, Okay. So the first one is, how long is it before I become a full-blown diabetic? So I'm assuming uh, they are either pre-diabetic or have you know, been told that they're on their way? What's the, when did you become full-blown diabetic?
1: Yeah, um, so definition of type two diabetes is A1C over 6.5% with a fasting glucose over 126. So you need two uh, confirmatory tests or the same test done on two separate occasions. Normally, what guidelines are through the American Diabetes Association are an A1C over 6.5 and a fasting glucose above 126 confirms a type two diabetes diagnosis. Uh, becoming a full diabetic. Um, what does that even mean? So I would say like a that might have some clarifying. Um, there is. Uh, There's that definition, so prediabetes means that an A1C, just the percentage of glucose on the red blood cell, is above 5.7. Then when it gets to six point five, that's when you would be a full. That's when you would have a technical diagnosis of type two diabetes. Type one diabetes would be uh, the same confirmatory test, but you would be antib- antibody positive. This question also might be referring to when has it gotten so out of hand that I'm on medications? <laughs> that just depends on your provider. Um, it can progress to where you have to go on multiple. They call it um, like a comprehensive medication plan being on more than one agent to bring down your glucose. Um, but those are I think those are probably the technical definitions of full diabetic. There's also a push too. I know we're in a PC culture right now and I'm not big into PC culture, but they are trying to push to say person or patient with diabetes rather than saying diabetic. That's something that I've been called out on plenty of time. I always say, oh, I'm a type one diabetic. And really, we're trying to teach kids to say, I have diabetes sure. instead of it defining you. I, and I think that that probably does make a difference. So I'm practicing that type of language, too. Agreed. Uh, one more follow-up question.
0: How much does the diagnosis matter in terms of, like, it feels like it's a big deal to actually get that... Full diagnosis, does that mean in th- anything from an insurance standpoint?
1: Yes. Okay. On what medications may be covered? Some insurances may want to see and have a, a they want to see that you have had an A1C of of 6.8 something or 7.5 something above that 6.5 because some of the medications though they may help for pre-diabetes to prevent you progressing into full diabetes zone um they're not indicated for that so it may not be covered if that makes sense from an insurance standpoint that is true that's yeah
0: that's that's an interesting kind of game are are people yes are people wanting that diagnosis out of curiosity if you're if you're kind of borderline
1: just from a, a financial standpoint no they're pro- probably not it's probably not understood until you get denied okay. <laughs> at the pharmacy for for some of the more like for example we use a lot of ozempic which is a glp1 therapy It's further along the you need to try and fail diet and exercise, try and fail metformin, try and fail another oral agent, then you get approved for a GLP-1. Got it. But we use it a lot right at the beginning, especially if it's covered because it's one of the best medications out there. Uh, But coverage sometimes gets to be an obstacle with that. From an off-label standpoint or just from a – like. Yeah, th- Yes, technically off-label. I don't like that version of it because I think it should be on-label. If you have an, a problem with insulin resistance, you should be able to get a medication that helps with it. Agreed. But technically, okay. if you do not have that diagnosis of above 6.5, it would be considered off-label.
0: Cool. All right, let's get to the second one, guys. Uh, I'll remind everybody, if you got a question for Andy um, regarding diabetes, Andy and the Beats, uh, his hair, um, go ahead and put it in the... <laughs> Put in the comments here. Yes, please. Um, please. Happy to have everybody here. Um okay. <laughs> question number 2 is my doctor put me on metformin for my diabetes but it hurts my stomach. Uh should I stop it? Um and I'll go ahead and follow it. Like, are there alternatives, I guess.
1: Yeah, that that is a great question. Okay, so metformin that is the gold standard for diabetes therapy. Everybody goes on metformin first typically now we're trying to push for more GLP-1 therapy like Ozempic. but metformin is a big one It works on almost eight different systems in the body. It does, the number one side effect is usually causing GI distress, stomach pain, uh, with increased risk of diarrhea. Um, so so sometimes mitigating that risk uh, depends on how much metformin you are on. They come in doses of 500 milligrams, so you can do two in the morning, two in the afternoon to get max dose of 2,000 milligrams for the day. Sometimes changing to an extended release, an 875 extended release metformin can sometimes help out with that trying out a natural, there is something called berberine. It is an ancient Chinese herb that they call a natural metformin. Uh, Berberine, I say one berberine is like one metformin and you can try doing that instead and it's more of a natural route or trying an alternative. In answer to the question, should I stop it? I like metformin. It depends on what Your labs look like the disease progression of diabetes, because I think having something on hand is good. At least replacing it with berberine until you talk to a provider. That's
0: fascinating, because I I hear metformin quite a bit, just Mm -hmm. as an anti-aging medication as well. Yes, yes. Is it only for your sugars? Like, is that really its main...
1: It decreases inflammation, too. Okay. So that's how it kind of helps in the aging process. Hmm. Yeah. Would diabetes type two be like an inflamed state? Yes, yes. Well, you're having something that's out of homeostasis. So when your body has an excess of something that's not supposed to be there, you're gonna have inflammation to try to help bring it back into homeostasis. You have a lot of glucose out there. So you're trying to get rid of it and your body's trying to do something. So it compensates.
0: Interesting, all right.
1: That's a great question. That is a great question.
0: Thank you for that and I'll remind everybody if, if uh, we're doing this weekly, so... If we're doing you, this weekly. If you do have... If you, do
1: have <laughs> you go. You go first. If you do have mm-hmm.
0: questions, uh, go ahead and email those to info at um, Throughout the week, uh, we're going to take your questions, and we're going to take them live today as well. We got one more from earlier this week that I'm going to go ahead and put up. Um, okay. This is a good one. The price of my insulin has gone up and has created a hardship for my family. Is there a cheaper path
1: other than local pharmacies? yeah that's tough it has that has been um not to get political but that's been an administrative change actually so they kind of repealed uh during the last administration they had bumped down the prices of insulin so it was i think max 35 dollars out of pocket whenever we're filling it which is which is extraordinarily low which is good for the newer insulins so the newer insulins are going to be anything that ends in og Novolog, humalog they're analog insulins um there is What's an analog analog is just it's it's a um it's not human insulin it works really quickly analog just means it's synthetically made. Okay. So it's it's a it's a better version of it, uh, of what we naturally make. So okay. it's in and out very quickly, which is what we want. Um they're just more expensive. Um so yes, price of insulin has gone up. Um I've been getting complaints about that too. Um there are t- there's two options. two options there's three options. One, there are patient assistant programs. So each of the companies Nova Nordisk and Eli Lilly are the most common Companies for these, they make Humalog and Novolog for fast-acting insulin. Sanofi aventis is the one that makes Atlantis. Uh, You can uh, get on their patient, they're on their website, and they usually have patient assistant programs to help out with the cost of insulin, if that is of concern. Two other options, people get it from other countries, I've had Canada, South America. Uh, They're provided cheaper at other countries, so Canada has a much reduced cost. It's just a little bit tough to get there, and there's a little bit of a gray area of whether or not that's legal. Bringing prescriptions over, but people do it all the time. Uh, And the other one is using RelyOn Insulin. It's a Walmart brand insulin. It's a human insulin. It doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't work as well, but it is a fraction of the cost of what insulin is right now with analogs. Has some insulin is better than no insulin. Okay. Should you need it?
0: Has anyone on our team or yourself, uh, would this be something you can find on good Rx or you know, I know Amazon now has a pharmacy. Let's look well, at good Rx. We're doing this live. We're doing
1: this live. Yeah. We're, we're it's going to on- be expensive. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to look up. Let's see. Good Rx is amazing by let's the way. Let's see Atlantis. Like- Atlantis. So five pins a carton, so five silver star pins, so they'll last you a month or so. Nope, $350 is for about a month or two supply. But savings offers, so they have these saving cards too, so you can check your eligibility. Use GoodRx. GoodRx is a really good tool. Um, no, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be in the $300 or $400 range per fill. So really your best best to go with like the Nova Nordis, the you know, that route. If it is yeah, and just seeing, you can fill out that paperwork. Let's see for Novolog. Walgreens Novalog, five flex pins, depending on how much you do, you can get it for ninety nine dollars at Walgreens. That's cheaper than other pharmacies. Target's gonna be two fifty. Food City's gonna be two ninety. Using good RX is gonna be a that's a good thing.
0: Okay. Thank you for that. Andy, let's go here to the comments. What's up, everybody? What's up? Uh, hello, Kimberly. Thank you for, for being here. let uh, see. looks like Lisa has a few questions. Um, let's go up here. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and Mary Lou asks. I'm going to take this one down. Sorry. And, okay, Mary Lou asks, if the Rx says stick my finger only once a day, when is the best time to do it?
1: I actually prefer twice a day for checking blood sugar. I like first thing in the morning, so I like having a fasting glucose. That's a fasting glucose. You need eight hours of no food in your system to get an accurate fasting. Uh, and then I like checking two hours after a large meal. And then you know how you respond to food. I think that's the best way to do it. I, if you're only going to choose once to do it, I'd be cognizant of when you're choosing to do it. Try it out to where you do it after a large meal, two hours post-bolus, we call it, to see how you respond to food. Uh, and then some days check it first thing in the morning so you get a little bit of variability. But for me, I'd at least, at the very least, do twice a day. Super cool. That's a good question. Yeah, Mary Lou, thank you for that. Great question. Go ahead and put your your
0: questions in here, guys, if you're with us. Uh, Let's see here if we got another one. Um, Okay. Uh, Lisa has a question.
1: I have fatty liver disease. Can
0: y'all advise
1: anything for me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fatty liver disease, what is that? They sometimes call it non alcoholic steatosis. So that just means that. Uh, something is happening to the liver to cause you to produce more fatty cells, usually triglycerides. Um, and and the, the best thing for that, I will tell you, is is omega-3s, fish oil, high-dose fish oil, doing upwards of two to three grams a day. It's a really great anti-inflammatory, um, but it has high-potency omega three. In our region, we do not get enough fish. We just don't. So, in, if you look at coastal communities, uh, like communities off the coast of Japan or on the coast of France, they have really long, long they have longevity, they have good genes, they live long lives. Uh, they're getting a lot of fish in their diet. The American Diabetes Association recommends two servings of fatty fish a week for all patients with diabetes. And we can put the fatty liver disease, or what we call NASH, into that category as well. It's kind of a metabolic syndrome omega-3s would be the first thing uh, that the milk thistle is also good but I'd say for the actually the fatty liver portion the triglycerides doing omega-3 one usually a good dose has 1000 milligrams or one gram in one um, but doing upwards of two to three a day I would say at least do that if you cannot swallow the pill those are big pills that's a big pill to swallow it is it's a horse pill Bam yeah. does not like the pills. Um, there's something called Barleen's, B-A-R-L-E-A-N-S. It is a, it sounds gross, but it's a, it's a paste. It's an omega-3 paste. It doesn't taste like fish. They've, they've put like flavoring and some dextrose in it to make it taste good, but it is very potent. You can get it at Earth Fair, some health, like grocery stores in the health food sections, or you can order it online. There is uh there's a Common Sense MD episode
0: where Dr. Rogers talks with Dr. Andy Clark, about recommended vitamins and and they mention omega 3s and they actually talk about they, they called it a fish shickle. so putting the yeah. omega the omega 3 inside of the freezer and it's uh, a little easier on your stomach if you if you're bothered by yeah. uh, the omega 3s which is cool
1: and life extension makes one that doesn't have the burpy aftertaste okay Is it just called an omega-3? It's just called an omega uh, burpee aftertaste. (laughs) (laughs) It's called super omega-3, I think. Uh,
0: Guys, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll remind you, if you you do have questions, go ahead and put them in there. We're taking live questions right now. Um, I want to ask you, are there... Are there vitamins you recommend for for people with type 2 diabetes in particular? Like like actual vitamins that are very particular, maybe besides berberine because you've already mentioned berberine?
1: Berberine's good. So berberine's like a like a natural metformin. Um, I love um, the standards omega-3 because most often there is some sort of issues with triglycerides and type 2 diabetes. Um, I like omega-3's vitamin D for sure. They've linked uh, some, they kind of got a correlation between vitamin D deficiency and type 1 diabetes. Protecting your immune system that way I think is very important. So at least getting 5,000 IUs of vitamin D. Okay, If you're looking kind of like like in the, stra- like, no, I don't want to say the like Twilight Zone, but there's a lot of stuff that they say will bring down your sugars. Cinnamon is one of them. So they have a product called Sensulin because they say it acts like insulin, but it's really cinnamon. Uh, Interesting. And cinnamon is supposed to be really great for your blood sugar. So that's another good one to add on. Wh- which one was that? I missed
0: it. They call it Sensulin. Sensulin. Okay. Sensulin, like which cinnamon.
1: is cinnamon. Okay. I would just say, I, instead of spending your money on that, I would just eat well. I would change your diet first, and okay. then do. I would do vitamins outside of that. Not that any of those are bad, but omega threes, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc. Um, so the no- I do, the with normal you. I like curcumin, turmeric that takes down your inflammation. I really like that one. Um, I do a magnesium for blood pressure. I do a lot of the standard ones, and then I would do dietary changes first. Got it. Those There's t- not one that's like, oh my God, you have to Yeah, do this that, one. that
0: seems very lifestyle oriented yes. and But none of that
1: stuff's gonna hurt.
0: Right. I asked you a question last week about, you know, say you're pre you have pre diabetes and I mentioned go medication first, or if I if I say, Hey Andy, like I'd really like to go natural on this, you know, you might encourage me to go ahead and get on a GLP GLP one. Mm-hmm. And and I actually brought that up to, uh, to our friend Matt with, uh, with Novo. Yeah. And, and he found that your answer very fascinating as well, you know, to start, you like to go ahead and get a
1: mom one. I like to go aggressive. Yeah. With that, uh, yes, I think nutritional changes, exercise changes have to come with anything. You have to do that. There's not a medication that's just going to take the place of it. But if you can start early with it, if you have a, if you have other issues that go along with it, the GLP ones just work really well with weight. So why not attack weight? Why not get things down and work your way off of those? Um, just because it can help jumpstart you in the right direction. You get really, you get motivated when you start something and it works. Yep. You get motivated to go in the right direction too. Yep. So sometimes the dietary changes takes a while to see an effect. So,
0: you know, this Q and A show is called living with diabetes. Live it. Living. Living, living with, living, living with diabetes. Living. Living with diabetes. Living. And, and the premise of that was, was what you said last week. In, in the sense of, you know, once you're diagnosed with diabetes, you technically don't go back is the way I heard you. Was that right? So explain that one more time to me, just for the people watching and, you know, kind of what you, what you mean by that.
1: What I mean by that is that once you have that diagnosis, there is an underlying predisposition for insulin resistance. If I'm talking about type 2 diabetes, they say the reversible kind. So you already have the foundation to say that if I go off the beaten path with my medications or off the beaten path with nutrition exercise... My lab values and my oh, and why is all this important? Too much glucose in the blood can cut the blood vessels. So if you're cutting the blood vessels, you're having injury to the blood supply. The vessel has uh, injury to it, so it's gonna cut off your eyes, your kidneys, your feet. And that's so you're trying to protect. It's it's trying to protect your organs. Too much sugar in the blood hurts your organs because they're the primary end target for where blood goes. So, if there's too much sugar in the blood, it hurts the primary end target. Does that make sense? Totally. I, I had no idea it had. That's why it cuts it. Sugar cuts. So, the less sugar in your blood, the less opportunity for vessel injury. Okay. So, that's why I feel like it's always there, though it may not be on paper with an A1C that says a specific something or I got rid of my diabetes. I would just, I think it'd be almost more uh, helpful to say I have my diabetes under control.
0: Or, a, yeah, that and I'm insulin resistant and I'm eating in a way that is insulin resistant.
1: Is that, or just like I have a predisposition for insulin resistance, my body likes to spit out more insulin in response to food. I'm fixing that or I'm helping, I'm aiding that deficiency or that resistance by. Eating low carb, eating well, exercising, doing vitamins, uh, taking medications when appropriate.
0: So, uh, does that make sense? It makes it makes total sense. And my big question is because I, I kind of know we talk a lot about aging well, and we're, you know, hormones are, are such a big part of performance medicine and what we do. Is insulin resistance the same way as hormones in the sense that as you as you get older, you're more likely to be insulin resistant
1: yeah i can see that
0: is that is that like an assumption or have you seen that in patients
1: well if you look at the incidence and prevalence of type 2 diabetes which is insulin resistance versus type 1 which is insulin deficiency there's way more adults with insulin resistance and in type 2 than there are kids so as you age of course two, it's how how much are you stimulating your pancreas so the more you eat, the less you exercise, the more carbs you have, the more opportunity your pancreas is going to spit out insulin that's not doing much. Which kind of just, that goes along with all the age-related diseases. Yes. Really? More opportunity. Right. But it is familial. There is a inherited risk factor with type 2 diabetes.
0: Interesting. It's genetic. Is there, um, do we run a, t- is that on like the Cleveland Heart Panel or any of the tests that we run in sense that we can see, you know, if we're predisposed? Uh, no, or is that I just something, you know, because my parents. It's
1: right. It's more okay. family history. There's not okay. like a, oh, you have this antibody or you have this marker that says you have it.
0: Interesting. Um, guys, this has been, this has been a blast. This uh, has been a blast. Lee, I hope I'm pronouncing your name. Yeah, uh, Right. Lee, thank you <laughs> for, thank you for hanging out and thank you for saying that. That means a, a whole lot to us. Uh, we're really, you know, uh, we're really excited about this show in particular because, you uh, we see it as an opportunity to to be a part of a community that exists in East Tennessee, and hopefully, um, be a contributor in, in terms of education and, yes. and helping people. Uh, I love the way you turned it uh, manage uh, diabetes and 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 learn to live live life with it uh, in a way that's you know not going to affect your organs in a in a negative way. And uh, so we're excited. Uh, we're going to be here. Uh, it's today's Thursday. Every Thursday, 5:45. Uh, Andy might be there, uh, around five 55, who knows, but I'm going to be there right at 5:45, saying hello.
1: Right. And, and rapping with you guys. Just rapping. <laughs> ben would like to rap for you right now, actually. Yes. No,
0: no I wouldn't. Uh, we're going to b- go ahead and put, uh, we're, we're putting, <laughs> there's Jenny right there. Uh, we are gonna, uh, Jenny's in the, in the green room. I'm going to, uh, put up one more. Uh, let's
1: see if I can find it. Hey, oh, I, I just saw that Juana Quinones came on. Hello, Juana. I did. I looked up. I don't know if we, we can save that question. for We can save the question for next week, though, if you want, because we have been discussing appropriate carb-friendly, diabetic-friendly casseroles, desserts to bring for celebrations or funerals. Like, what do you do if you're going over to a friend's house? Ooh, that's a great question. And qu- you need to bring question. something, but you know that the family has history of diabetes, or you do. What do you bring over? And I did look up stuff today, but we can share it for our next thing since we all have more time. No,
0: that's a, as a super fun way to. I didn't
1: forget one, I promise.
0: Uh, why don't you put your book up here one more time? We've got. Yes. Um... Have you heard about the book? Wait, what book? Andy and the Beans. <laughs> Guys, go get Andy and the Beast. They're, no, an, they're just all of our offices. Sh- just a
1: short four years in the making um, <laughs> with beautiful artwork by my dear friend Karen Mastin. What do people need to do to get a signed copy? Um, <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> let me know. Look at these beautiful. Look at that beautiful artwork. Yeah, that's cool. It's beautiful. A story cool. of hope. A story of hope. Share it with your kids. They may not understand all the all the science words in it. <laughs> I'm getting some feedback about that now, but that's okay. That's okay. Hindsight's twenty twenty.
0: <laughs> Hi. Hey. I bet everybody's
1: name for the drawing. Yes. Oh, a drawing. Yes. We, get, we have them a drawing. B- tell them more about the drawing. Man.
0: Did okay. I totally forgot. I totally forgot. I got to get in here. And, you know,
1: we are the type there we go. Oh. Hi doc. Oh boy. Hello. Yes. Yes, please do. Congratulations. Yes.
0: You know, and I'm glad you mentioned that we're we're giving away one of these books every single week. Every week. Um, So we're having a lot of fun. Every week. We're having a lot of fun with it. So put your name in the hat. Come join us. Uh, and we will, uh, we'll be giving away these. Um, I'm, I'm going to make sure Andy signs them. Um, and, and we'll go from there. Sounds great. Guys. Thank you so much. I hope everybody is having a wonderful Thursday afternoon. Uh, we will see you guys, uh, next week on Thursday. Um, come join me and Dr. Rogers on Tuesday at around five thirty for our live Q and a show. Andy and I will be here next Thursday. Uh, for this one. All right, guys, I will see y'all in a bit.
1: All right, don't go away.
0: Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.